Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those fit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, Matt Pauley. Billikens win. Billikens win. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go. Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. As always, if you'd like to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We've got a lot coming up uh, on the show this evening. Earlier today, Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, and also Adam Wainwright met with the media in front of the uh, World Baseball Classic. Three of the four Cardinals that are going to be on Team USA and three of the handful of Cardinals that are going to be participating in the WBC this year. We're going to hear from uh, all three of those uh, individuals coming up uh, later on. Also, Mike Reese, the voice of the SIU Salukis, he's going to join us at about 635. We'll talk all things uh, Southern Illinois basketball with him. In the 7 o'clock hour, we will uh, get into uh, SLU basketball as uh, we are leading you into Vilkins basketball tonight. They match up against Rhode Island. That's going to be an 8 o'clock start this evening over at Chaffetz Arena, meaning our coverage, Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. will get started at 745. As mentioned, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Wanted to get started today. Uh, We talked about this a little bit when I did my uh, daily hit during the DGS. Major League Baseball put together some graphs and put together kind of a story, uh, a primer, an explainer of what the new rules are going to be this year and really what the impact is going to be. And I think... I think most people have a basic understanding of what's going to be taking place. And to be actually perfectly honest with you, I don't know if we really know the implications of these rules. People are going to tell you that this, this, and this happened during its run of using these rules in the minor leagues. So you can expect those kind of things to happen in the big leagues. I don't, 
I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison. There's going to be some things that are similar to what happened in the minor leagues, but there's also going to be people at the big league level are going to be as creative as they possibly can to find whatever competitive advantage they might find. So it might, you don't have guy, you don't have teams investigating and doing research on things you can do to uh, negate the pitch timer or negate bigger bases or negate uh, the shift when it's happening at AAA. You're going to have that when it's going on in the big league. So I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to say, well, the average length of a minor league game reduced by this much, this much, so that same sort of impact is going to be felt in the big leagues. I do think that in all likelihood, the average length of game is going to go down, and I do think pace of play is going to improve. And those are two different things, and I think it's really important because they are connected in a way. If If you are doing things in a game quicker – then the game is going to get over quicker. I, if in a game where you're throwing X number of pitches over the entire game, if if you're throwing those same number of pitches, but you're doing it a little bit quicker, then obviously the length of game is going to be shorter. But this is not so much about shortening games. It's not so much about trying to put baseball into a tidy three-hour window, which I think that's going to happen. Uh, but it's about more things happening at any given moment for there just to be more of a flow and a more pace to the game. And that's the that's the pitch timer. The pitch clock is going to be uh, 15 seconds when the bases are empty and 20 seconds when runners are on. The rule when it comes to shift limits, uh, a couple runners to the first base side, a couple runners to the second base side. And then I was thinking about this and uh, the – the dist one of the graphics that Major League Baseball put together today that I thought was interesting was specifically looking at the bigger bases and how that impacts uh, the the running game. So the distance between first base and second base and the distance between second base and third base is going to be reduced by four and a half inches. Now you think four and a half inches, big deal. Who cares about four and a half inches? That's not that's not that big of a deal. But I think when you think about it a little bit more specifically and think how often a, a would-be base stealer is out by the tip of a finger or by half of their hand, well, that's basically the four and a half inches right there. So that four and a half differential – I think that is going to have an impact on the game that all of those individuals who were out are now going to be safe. And then there's going to be another group of would-be base dealers that are going to be more willing to try to steal a base. I'm, I'll be curious. One of the things I'm really interested to see is there's going to be more total stolen bases. But what about the stolen base like effectiveness percentage? Like the 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 times that you are that you are successful in stealing bases is that going to go up significantly because of that four and a half inches that the distance is reduced by, or is it going to stay about the same? But instead, you're going to have more individuals trying to steal bases. And I don't know the answer to that question. I have no clue which direction it's going to go. And I also. I would suspect that this year, in this first year of the larger bases, it's going to start out 
as there's going to be more stolen bases, but not more attempts, uh, but as as more and more as the years go by and there's more successful attempts, we're going to see more runners being, I don't know if overzealous, zealous is maybe is the word to go with there uh, in terms of stealing bases, and that might shift out a little bit. So yeah, baseball is doing a good job just getting people ready for these rule changes. You can read this for yourself at MLB.com, and they've got all the graphics and everything that goes along with it. But uh, that's kind of set the baseball narrative today. A lot of people have been talking about this after uh, MLB.com. Kevin Wheeler asked me about it during uh, our hit uh, today on, on the Glover Show. And yeah, it's, for me, I think the thing that I really look at the most is just the bigger bases and what kind of impact that's going to end up having on the game. When we return, we are going to hear some of the comments from earlier today. As mentioned, Adam Wainwright, along with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, they all met with the uh, media today in front of the World Baseball Classic. That's going to be taking place during spring training. What did they have to say about the WBC? We'll find out together in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Get ready for men's Billikens basketball action tonight as they take on Rhode Island. Pre-game 747, tip at 8. Hear it here on your home for Billikens basketball. King of OX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900. So I, uh, I love music, but I'm also not somebody that can 
like hear a band and immediately know like I'm not I'm I'm horrible when it comes to remembering who did what and so I know what music I like I just can't remember specifics about it. So sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski who is like that you can like play probably the first few bars of most music and he can right away tell you who it is, where it's from, everything. I think he's very intrigued sometimes by my musical choices because I've, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've got a wife, I've got a kid. Um, we, we listen to like a lot of Christian music, but that isn't what I've always listened to. And sometimes I do still revert back to what I used to listen to. So you just heard rage against the machine bulls on parade, which to me is like a top three, top five song of all time. It's one of my favorites. And Matt Pajeski, I told you that earlier today and I think you were somewhat surprised that in my younger years I was a big Rage Against the Machine fan. Well, I just this is this is the Matt Pauly that I know, and I didn't know you when you were younger, so if there's just a bit of disconnect, but I'm glad that we we can share that that music taste. I, I like Rage Against the Machine too, and uh, just didn't expect that to come from you. Sometimes when I go work out, I throw on like the '90s alternative. I was joking because uh, I saw today the lineup for a point fest, which is an annual music festival was announced and I didn't know a single band that was in it. I usually don't either. And I used to go to that show like every single year when I was in high school and ever, and I just, I look, I had no clue. I, I, I literally, there is not a single band listed on that schedule that I have any clue who they are. It's called getting old. It is called getting old. I'm not that old. I'm only 40. Not that old. Yikes. All right, let's uh, talk some baseball. The uh, Cardinals getting ready for us. Spring training gets started next week. That's We are going to be broadcasting live from Jupiter on Monday. We are less than a week away. I'll be flying down to uh, Jupiter uh, on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday, and we will start our live broadcast coming up on Monday. This year, it's a little bit different because it is a WBC year, and uh, with that, uh, spring training's a little bit longer, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of spring training, uh, some of the players are going to be uh, exiting camp and going and taking part in the WBC. There are four Cardinals that are going to be uh, on Team USA. Nolan Arnato, Adam Wainwright, Paul Goldschmidt, Miles Michaelis. Those first three, Arnato, Wainwright, and Goldschmidt, uh, they did meet with the media today on Zoom to talk a little bit about the WBC and what they're doing to get ready for it. And uh, Nolan Arnato really started off the uh, conversation saying that playing in the WBC, it really does help get you ready for the uh, Major League Baseball regular season. Just the intense games, um, that intense environment that the WBC has, um, it just uh, it just gets you ready so quick. I mean, you have no other choice to get ready fast. And, uh, you know, every game is so important. Uh, you know, usually you don't play important games in March and stuff like that. But when you play for Team USA, it's a uh, it's very important to win and try to win this thing again. So, um, yeah, like I said, it gets you ready. Um, I know opening day in uh, St. Louis is a special day, but I remember in 2017 – Nothing. It didn't feel that big, you know. It didn't feel that big going into opening day and the season because he just got done playing the WBC, which is uh, obviously a great environment. For Adam Wainwright here going into his final Major League season, it's also his uh, first time participating in the WBC, something he is excited to be a part of. Well, I've never been asked. Um, so I, I was I didn't consider playing in those because I, I don't think I had an opportunity. I would have loved to have played in all of them. I, I'm very proud to uh, 
be representing our country. I, I think that's great. I think, you know, patriotic guy, man. I, I, I love wearing the red, white, and blue and, and representing our country. So I can't wait to do that for, for our, uh, great USA team. And, and, uh, I, I mean, I would love to have played all of them. It, there was a time where I was considering retirement a year or two ago, and I was, uh, going to really plug hard to try to be on that Olympic team. But, uh, Goldie talked me back into playing baseball again a couple more times. And <laughs> Nolan told me he was going to quit if I didn't come back. So uh, I felt like, obviously, they can't play baseball without me, so I might as well go with them to the WBC. <laughs> uh, Paul Goldschmidt has mentioned part of that uh, group speaking with the media as well today on Zoom. Uh, he was asked about just the general vibe around the WBC going into uh, this year's event. Last time, probably one of the main topics was how some of the best players didn't play. And honestly, I think this was mentioned, especially, you know, Team USA had never won. You know, a lot of guys kind of had a chip on their shoulder to want to be the first team to win it. And we were able to do that. So uh, hopefully that showing kind of motivated, you know, more guys, whether it's with USA or other teams to want to play. I mean, I've said before, is one of the greatest baseball experiences I've ever had. The two or three weeks we were together made a lot of lifelong friends and great baseball and like Nolan touched on, really prepares you for the season. So um, I was recruiting as many guys as I could to to get back on the team or to play in other countries, whoever it was, because I thought it was so great. And, you know, I was basically begging to get back on the team again this time. And obviously he is, and that's uh, Goldschmidt and Arnato being there uh, together. Arnato has kind of asked that same question about just the vibe and uh, what the excitement level is going into this year's event. I feel like the hype is a little bit higher this time around than it was in 2017, um, like I said, I think there seems like there's more guys that want to do um, and represent their countries, not just USA, all over. And I think that's a great thing. Um, I think this event is it's it really is a special thing, and uh, I hope uh, more people catch on and watch because, like I said, representing your country is such a big deal. And you know, afterwards, just I mean, I don't I know it's not quite it's not it's not the World Cup, but just watching the world cup and how awesome that was just to represent your country. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like hopefully one day we can get this, you know, I don't know if we'll get quite there, but get it close at least um, to where you, you know, for baseball, this is what it is. And, you know, to that end, I do think it's important. I think one of the cool things about the WBC, you think about maybe some of the Latin American countries and what baseball means and the way that uh, fans act in those countries. And I say that, that I heard myself say that. It sounded like there was a negative connotation. That's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to say. It's crazy. It matters. It's fun. Uh, just the way you see fans from other countries support baseball teams. I think it's good for U.S. baseball fans to see that a little bit uh, during the WBC. The other part of it, they alluded to the fact that previously uh, some players did not want to participate. Goldschmidt talked about how glad he is that more players are embracing being part of the WBC. Yeah, I mean, I think we got to remember this is pretty new. I don't know what how many times it's been done, but it hasn't been going on for that long. So I think, you know, every time we've done it, guys have gotten more comfortable with it. It was definitely you know, how will you be prepared, you know, early in March. Um, and it was on our, on my mind, at least last time, but showing how, you know, it really, you can get ready pretty quickly. And I mean, even look at the last few years, 2020, we had a summer camp that was about 20 days last year. Spring training was shortened. So guys have definitely gotten used to uh, getting ready quicker and uh, may hopefully that's kind of encouraged guys to play. And, and like I said, I think just seeing the success of 2017, uh, how great that was. It wasn't, 
you know, there was just so many great games and great moments. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to be part of that. One thing that maybe players have to think twice about when they do uh, decide to participate is it changes the schedule of your offseason because you have to be ready sooner because you're playing games that matter sooner. For Arenado, he says it's absolutely worth it to change uh, your routine to be able to participate. The toughest part is getting ready this early, but it's once every three years or four years or whatever it is, and uh, there's no reason why you can't ramp up for that. Um, and like I said, you know, there's something, there's just something special about representing your country. Um, it's just different. It feels different than wearing a major league uniform. Um, and it's an unbelievable honor. So whenever you get an opportunity and, you know, this, we're, we're all getting older, so who knows how long we'll be able to do it. But, you know, that's, that was my goal after the 2017 one is, uh, you know, hopefully I'm still playing well enough to where I can make this team again. You know, like that was always a goal of mine. And now that it's an opportunity here, you know, I, w- I want to do it. And uh, I'm glad to see a lot of the best players in the game wanting to do it too. Last thing from uh, the guys earlier today, uh, that's kind of from a position player standpoint about how you prepare and the change in the routine in the off season. How about from a pitching standpoint, Wainwright was asked about that. I've never done it before. So uh, I thought when I came into spring this year, I would just make sure I was ultra prepared. Um, Body's moving good, arms moving good. Make sure that I'm a at least a week or two ahead of of where I would be normally uh, coming into spring training. Just to just to know that because there's a difference when you step off the mound or you step on the mound to pitch in a in a bullpen session compared to a live batting practice session, and then from a live batting practice session into a spring training game, and then into a spring training game into a regular season game. There's there's different levels of intensity with each one of those that will bring a, a little bit of soreness more uh, with each one of those as you go. And, and, and it stresses your body a little bit more. So uh, I'm going to ramp up a little bit more. I'm going to throw up. I'll have another couple innings in me of, of, of real baseball before I get out there. Uh, I'm, in, I'm prepared. I'm in shape. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old. You know, if, um, if the years have taught me anything, it's how to prepare for a spring training and what I know how to get out of my body. So um, I'm excited about it more than anything. I'm just excited to go play with, with these two guys and, and uh, Miles and, and the rest of Team USA. I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing with those guys and representing our country. I think it's great for our game of baseball. Um, and it's exciting for fans. I remember watching them win the gold medal a few years ago. Man, I was watching every pitch. I couldn't wait to watch those games. It was really fun. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Former Cardinal Mark DeRosa is going to be the manager for Team USA. So uh, guys will report to uh, their normal camps, and then eventually uh, they'll leave and start practice with their WBC teams. The WBC will take place, and then uh, players will uh, make their way back to their respective camps as uh, they move along. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to shift gears. We're going to talk some uh, Saluki basketball. SIU having a really, really strong season. Uh, Their longtime play-by-play voice, Mike Reese, is set to join us in just a moment this is sports open line on kmox after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward medela the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Pelicans win! Pelicans win! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line rolls on. I'll tell you what, the uh, SIU basketball team, they are having one heck of a season. They are 10-4 and four in league play to go along with their 18-7 and seven, uh, overall record. Right now, atop the Valley standings, you have four 10-4 teams. The Salukis are joined by Drake, Belmont, and Bradley to talk all things uh, SIU basketball. We're very happy to welcome onto the pro- program the longtime voice of uh, SIU basketball. He is a St. Louis Sports Hall of Famer. At Mike Reese SAU on Twitter. It is Mike Reese. Mike, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? My pleasure. I'm great, Matt. Thank you. How about yourself? I am doing good. And I, I just mentioned the top of the standings in the Valley. Is this as good as the Valley has been in a while? I mean, you just, it seems like every single night anybody can win, and there are some really good teams in the league. Yeah. Well, you named uh, the top four teams in the uh, league, the four first place teams, and you named one third of the league. Yeah. So, so, uh, well, it depends on how you judge good, Matt. If you, if you judge good based on parity, then this is as good as it gets to be in the final two to three weeks and to have uh, eight teams uh, all within uh, two games on the loss side of each other. And then uh, a ninth team with uh, with five games out of first and only three games out of uh, seventh. Um, if you judge it based on rankings, then this isn't one of the best years. The Valley, uh, for I'm sure any number of reasons, when it has had the most teams in the race at this point of the season, its overall ranking among collegiate conferences is worse than it is when it's a two-team race mm-hmm. or a one-team race. For example, in 2006-2007, the league was uh, rated in the 8, 9, and 10 category. And right now, with all, and it had two teams really in the race. Well, right now, um, the league has all these teams in the race, and its power ranking is 15. So there's probably any number of ratings. I'm sure there are previous years where you would look at the basketball and say the upper-end teams are better than the upper-end teams right now. But in terms of competition and fan bases being interested, the excitement level uh, is among the most uh, is among the highest that it's been for sure. How much of seen. excuse me? How how much of that does is connect to the fact that there isn't that dominant team in the league that's in the top twenty five every week? It feels like a lot of times when you look at the midway majors, the higher ranked ones are the ones that also have uh, teams that are sitting there pretty consistently in the top twenty five. Well, that's certainly the case, and uh, you know, in the Valley's case, they're uh, the highest ranking. I think is uh, is in the mid seventies in the NCAA net ranking. So it is going to be uh, a one bid bid year for the uh, league. Maybe one in the uh, NCAA's if that team is different. If the tournament champion is different than the regular season champion, then two teams could be involved in the NIT and 
and the NCAA. And again, it's back to what you prefer. Mm -hmm. Multiple teams as they had in uh, 2004, 5, 6, and 7. Those races were decided within the next week or so, Matt. And the top half of the league was very, very strong, but the bottom half wasn't. Now you have two-thirds of the league is very strong, yet the postseason opportunities for the NCAA and the NIT won't be as great. Salukis are coming off a 20-point win in a rivalry game on Sunday against Missouri State, 73-53. That ended a two-game losing streak, and that was one of the very few kind of downturns in the uh, in the season this year. How important was it just, and we've already talked about the league standings, obviously, but beyond that, how important was it just to end uh, that little losing streak and get back to, uh, to their winning ways? Well, certainly the win was most important, and to some of the players and some of the coaches, it was important also to win in the manner that they won, which was uh, 20 points, and Southern hadn't done that against the Bears in a long time, I believe six years, and had only done it a 20-point win against them four times uh, ever. So that was unique, what happened at uh, at Carbondale on uh, on Sunday, but they haven't had a three-game losing streak this year. They've had two two-game losing streaks, and they were coming off one in that ball game, having lost at Bradley and at uh, Illinois State, and uh, so they needed that. And you know, part of the downside of the losing streak was the uh, the uh, Saluki stumble. They had an opportunity in those two games uh, each day to take over sole possession in for, of uh, first place because the other contenders had lost. But Southern muffed those chances, got back on um, got back on beam, and uh, put themselves back into the first place mix with six games to go. I've always thought it's a really weird dynamic when a new team comes into a league because it, it almost feels like you're playing a non-league game in the middle of conference play just because you don't know the teams yet. Is that kind of the feeling going into uh, the Wednesday matchup against UIC? Well, I think so, but I, but where I might, but not so much the UIC game. Um, Matt, I think at this point of the season, if UIC's record was reversed at 12-2, and two, um, then I think that you would treat it as a conference game because you know what's up. I think in in retrospect, though, the Belmont game, which was New Year's Day and was just the third uh, game of the conference season, um, I think there might have been a little bit more focus and a little more anxiety and a little more pressure on Southern uh, than there was on uh, in that day because Belmont has proven to be a uh, contender and they were not expected to be a contender. Those who had seen them in the OVC thought they would be a good team in the Missouri Valley, but uh, maybe a borderline upper division squad. So it didn't have the anxiety and, and all of that that goes with those games. Looking back on that game now, that's an important win for Southern, uh, if only because the Salukis only play Belmont once this year. They don't go to Nashville. It's a 20-game league schedule. However, you got enough teams for 22, and the league decided not to go to 22. They elected to go from 18 to 20, and then there are only uh, there are two teams that you only played one time, and Belmont is one of them. It's a little unusual. Southern doesn't play UIC, hasn't played UIC much, not since 2014, and only 10 times together. So it's hard to you know wrap around, uh, wrap your hands around the fact that this is a this is a league game. But um, you know, Southern's in a first-place run. They haven't been this good since 07, let alone a one a regular season championship since 07. But uh, 
they'll figure out pretty quick tomorrow night. It's a uh, it's a higher stakes game than it is a conference game. Mike Reese, the longtime voice of uh, SIU athletics, continuing to uh, join us here on Sports Open Line. I know sometimes it feels like Southern Illinois and Chicago are millions of miles apart. They just feel so different. But beyond that, can can uh, and UIC is struggling this year. Maybe we should have this conversation when they're when they're playing better. But can a Southern Illinois UIC rivalry can that start to exist a little bit just in terms of uh, geographic closeness and the fact that you are in the same state? Uh, I think that one's pushing it for that one. No, but look at this, especially at this level, um, Matt. I mean, the two schools are five and a half, six hours uh, apart. Rivalries develop truly um, when the teams are good Mm -hmm. and they're playing for something almost all the time. The only rivalry that I have seen um, at SIU in in the years of doing their games where it doesn't matter what the records are. God, I can't believe I even used that cliche, but I'm not going to say throw out the records. Um, I, I don't – the only game I've seen is Illinois State in all sports. It seems to matter. The schools recruit a lot of the same players, um, and there are similarities between the two universities. So even when both teams are bad, both teams are good, it seems to be an intense game in whatever the sport is. Everything else depends on winning. Now, Southern had a raucous game with Murray State earlier this season, and so I can see that one developing. But again, that was a real good game that went to the wire, and, and Murray is in the mix, and Southern is in the mix. So I think, especially at this level, um, SIU Illinois State is the only one that you know advances close to an Ohio State Michigan or a, or a Illinois Indiana. I'm sorry, an Indiana Purdue at the higher level, where those teams always seem to get after each other, no matter how good they are. And so now I, I think UIC develops much like Loyola developed when it was in the league. Um, it's a rivalry if the game is important for the upper division in the standings. Final thing for you, and I'm always interested in what people close to the game think about this. I talked to Coach Mullins about this before the season uh, got started. It is changing so much in college basketball with the transfer portal, and it seems like a lot of teams at the at the mid-major level, they're barely even recruiting high schools. They're recruiting the portal. They're rebuilding a, a team on a year-in, year-out basis. For somebody like you that's been around college ath- athletics so long, what do you think about that? Just how different things are, especially in roster building, than they've ever been before. Well, it, it gives you a reason. It, it it forces you to understand different things. You just can't sit in your uh, in your own knowledge of what you think is the best way to build a program because that's not necessarily the case. I do think that um, you know I, there is nothing wrong with players being compensated. Now at this level. Uh, it becomes a much trickier thing. The collective, the NIL collective at this institution, uh, St. Louis University to a degree, Illinois State University is a much different effort than it is at Illinois and at Missouri, yet the fans of all those institutions want their teams to be as good, especially the older fans, because they relish the times, the few times that they play those teams and they think they have a chance to beat them or they want to be considered in the same mix for an NCAA tournament berth. And all of those things are changing. Uh, there's going to be a price tag for players, especially at this level, to retain them, the really good players. And um, so you just have to understand that. Um, and, and you have to keep that in mind as you judge 
or at least I do, when you, when you judge programs and what they can do. Uh, this game tomorrow night, Southern and, and UIC, both coaches, both of whom interviewed for the SIU job, uh, and it went to Mullins uh, four years ago, uh, have decided to build mostly with high school players. Um, Mullins has got Kennard Davis coming from Vashon, how he tweaked the roster this season with a couple of four-year transfers who have proven to be strong, but the transfers he's taken generally have had multi-year players. I think that's his belief that he can still get that done, and Luke uh, Yaklich is doing the same at UIC. But they're in the minority, and um, you just have to understand, if you're going to coach at this, if you're going to coach now, you better understand what the ground rules are now, and and you're always re-recruiting your players. Southern's been uh, pretty fortunate that it hasn't lost many to the transfer portal. Um, if you understand the ground rules and accept the ground rules, no matter whether you may personally disagree with it, then I think you'll do a better job of analyzing what's going on and including analyzing your expectations uh, for your program. And, and the disappoint, the only disappointing thing for me, Matt, is um, that you used to be able to count on the opportunity for a Southern if it really recruited well and hit hit a home run to beat an Indiana like it has done here, to take Illinois to the wire, to take Missouri to the wire in the, in the NCAAs, now that is much, much more difficult than it ever was, and that's going to take some getting used to. He is Mike Reese, longtime fantastic Saluki uh, radio play-by-play broadcaster. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Reese, uh, R-E-I-S-S-I-U. Mike, thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, catch up again uh, leading into Arch Madness. Hope so, too. Thank you, Matt. You bet. There's Mike Reese joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him taking some time. One more break this hour. We'll uh, come back. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Super Bowl. Hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes. He spoke to uh, the media. What does it mean to him to be playing in the Super Bowl once again? We'll let him tell you in just a moment. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Chiefs football plays here. KMOX. Sports Open Line rolling on here on KMOX as we wrap up hour number one of the program. In hour number two, we're going to uh, shift focus, talk a lot about SLU basketball. They're back at tonight. They take on Rhode Island. And 8 o'clock start tonight, late night at Chaffetz Arena, as I like to say, 745-ish for our uh, broadcast with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. This is the week where these guys are talking to the media on just about an everyday basis. Quarterback uh, Patrick Mahomes had some uh, things to say, was asked about uh, just playing in the uh, Super Bowl and what it means to him. Oh, 100%. Um, I think it feels more special uh, the older you get because uh, you, you have the failure. You have the failure of not getting to this game. And um, whenever you're not here and then you get to be back on the stage again, I think it gets more special because you never know how many more times you're going to get. He did say that he'll be relying on his past Super Bowl experience. Um, I think you just take motivation from the loss that you had. Uh, I mean, I know what it feels like to win the Super Bowl now and uh, to lose the Super Bowl. And um, winning it, even though I didn't, I didn't play my best game, I came through when it counted. Um, and was able to win it. And then the, the loss, obviously, I, I left everything out there, but we, you lose, and that feeling you have in the locker room after is it's a terrible feeling because you're so close to your ultimate prize. And so you take motivation from that and try to do whatever you can to make sure that you have that, that winning feeling because that's one that you can have forever as well. He also spent some time talking about what he personally has learned as a quarterback. Yeah, I think the, the best thing I've learned as a quarterback, at the quarterback position is not trying to do too much. Um, just 
just whenever stuff's not going your way, like last the last game, the Bengals game, where I had that fumble, that dumb fumble in the fourth quarter, just not letting those mistakes compound each other and just getting back to the game plan and, and whatever I can do to have a positive play and trusting in my teammates. That's something that I've learned over these last few years is it, you can't do it all by yourself. It takes your teammates and the team around you. Travis Kelsey also spending some time talking to the media. You never really know what he is going to say. Uh, he talked about just them working every single day of the year with the goal in mind to get to the Super Bowl. These are the games that are meaningful. You play this game to be able to win Super Bowls. And um, year in, year out, uh, I've been fortunate for the past probably five or six years that, uh, that we've been in that conversation. Um, so take these games to heart. You, uh, they, they mean just that much more to you. And you, you put your entire uh, dedication and devotion uh, year in, year out, day in, day out for opportunities like these. So. He was also asked about his relationship with his quarterback. I tell everybody what what makes me and Pat so special is uh, the countless and endless uh, amount of beers that we drink off the field. Um, we we like to have a good time everywhere we go, and I think that uh, you see that out there on the field. And there's a lot of there's a lot of chemistry and a lot of reps, and there's a lot of football that goes into that. But um, getting to getting to know somebody that you're working with, getting to uh, know them at a different personal level. Um, it makes you want to fight that much more for him. So, yeah. Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. It's going to be a 5.30 kickoff, by the way, from uh, Glendale, Arizona. So um, I, I say this all the time. I'm not a sports gambling guy. I don't sports gamble myself. It's just, I don't, I, I know there's people out there who do it well and make money and, and good on them, but it doesn't take many trips walking down uh, the strip in Las Vegas and seeing all the big buildings and realizing that there's a reason those things are getting built and it's because the house tends to win. So I'm at least smart enough to realize that in all likelihood, if I if I were to try to do it on a regular basis, I would probably lose out. And it has been years and years and years since I've laid down any type of uh, of bet. All that being said, I find the sports gambling industry to be really interesting and really compelling. And I like watching line movements and things like that. I thought when Patrick Mahomes said that his ankle was pretty good, that that would move the line. Philadelphia had been a point-and-a-half favorite. No, they're still a point-and-a-half favorite. That did not move the line whatsoever. If I was betting, I'm not. If I was betting, I would take Kansas City. I think they're going to win this game, uh, even though Philadelphia continues to be favored. But like I said, I'd probably be wrong more often than I'm right, and that's why I don't sports gamble. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.